When the smoke clears, we're still standing. If we stand our ground, you're listening to Everlasting Veteran. Welcome, everybody, to Everlasting Veteran. I am your host, Ryan Landry, also known as Wind Talker. I got an amazing guest, J.R. Smith, the vice president of the Vet Ranch down in Florida. He's here to talk about his ranch and what he does for veterans and helping with uh, getting them through uh, tough times for them and their family and what it means to him running the ranch and helping veterans. JR, thank you for coming on the show, and I appreciate you. We've had many phone conversations um, and uh, some technical errors trying to get this going, um, but we are pushing through it. I appreciate you coming on. Welcome, JR. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you having us on here and allow me to flap my gums for a little bit and talk about this great mission we have going on. Absolutely. Kind of dive into uh, just uh, how you started the ranch, uh, how it got you going, having military uh, family members uh, had had, uh, served, your family members served and stuff, and your connection to helping veterans and pushing your mission forward. Uh, Just kind of dive in how that started. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm a Gen Xer, you know, um, born in 72, had a, a Vietnam father, you know, he was a United States Navy, 69 to 73 in country 6970. Uh, his brother was uh, Vietnam era, was in the same time. His ship just didn't go back to Vietnam. Uh, and their father, my grandfather was big red one at the tail end of World War II. Uh, my wife's dad uh, was army 55 to 57. And when I graduated high school in 91, three of my buddies went straight to the sandbox right out of high school. So, you know, to say that, that this Gen Xer is patriotic is would just be like waiting for Captain Obvious to come dancing through the room. Um, you know, growing up, we were always taught to respect our elders, salute your veterans. Although at the time, we didn't do the thank you for your service and, and things that we do today that really kind of came out of Vietnam guilt uh, for how they were treated when they came home. There was always that that respect that was taught to us. Uh, fast forward from St. Louis, Missouri to Florida is when I moved there in 1999, met my wife in 2000, got married and fell back in love with horses again. Uh, my wife's family's originally from Kentucky. She was the first Floridian born, had a pony growing up and, you know, just man rekindled my love for horses. Uh, we'd go out on trail rides, do all kinds of things and, and just get back into that equine world. Well, Put another big jump forward again into 2016, 2017. Uh, we're, you know, married for a good while now. We're trying to get a couple horses, our own little piece of dirt, you know, our little slice of Americana. And at the same time, try and figure out what we wanted to do with veterans. Now, you would think that story would be super easy to figure out, but it really wasn't. Uh, good Lord had to kind of guide and drag me along to figure out what we were going to do. Uh, Dad always taught me to keep a legal pad by the bed in case you get an idea in the middle of the night. I suggest everybody, if you don't do it, start doing it today. You'll be amazed what you'll write down. Had a lot of legal pads go a whole lot of nowhere. But uh, October of 2017, we scribbled ranch on one legal pad. It's the only word on the entire legal pad to this day. Uh, We're going to frame the first page. Had no idea what that meant. A couple of weeks later, my wife and I were headed to Bass Pro Shops because I am that guy you can drop off at open and pick up at close and I'll never be bored. Um, but we stop at Chili's for lunch 
And long story short, about 20 Chili's napkins later, the ideas for the Veterans Ranch were born. And by December of that year, we were a charity and you know we've just been trying to kick ass and take names ever since. The mission then, the mission now has always been the same. We provide free equine therapy services for veterans and their immediate household family uh, across a, a good swath of Florida. Now, we're here in Polk County, uh, which is the uh, infamous Grady Judd, Sheriff Grady Judd County that everybody has seen on TikTok and YouTube and everything else. We're about halfway between Disney World and Tampa, just to kind of put a pin dot on the map. So we travel around. We use other people's horses and facilities right now to do what we do. And we're working on getting our own piece of dirt here in 2023, because when we get that, we'll be able to serve close to seven to 10,000 veterans in a single year. So big strides, big goals coming up here in 2023. That's great. That's absolutely amazing. And I, I know up here in Connecticut, um, we do have uh, equine therapy as well. I'm from, uh, somewhat familiar with uh, what they do, and it's similar, um, you know, and, and growing up and even now, uh, my sister has always had uh, horses. She's been into that and everything. And, um, you know, it's helped her throughout her life um, with special needs. Um, so there's many different aspects that equine therapy can help with. But <clears throat> I feel like it's one of those things when it helps veterans, people don't realize that um, the trauma that you go through or uh, anxiety or whatever the case may be, it's just like having a uh, service dog, um, but a very large uh, service dog with a long, long tail and uh, he can boot you faster than you say hello. Um, but it's amazing uh, the work that a lot of veteran ranches do that are they're geared towards helping veterans. What have you seen personally? Uh, you know, and I'm sure you you've connected with so many veterans uh, down in down in Florida and doing what you're doing. As far as their transition, or, or not even their transition, but when they come to the ranch, um, when they, you first meet them to the time that you know they they're at now and they're still coming to the ranch, um, you know, or life has taken over and they're in a better place. Um, what do you think the best thing is, uh, that the ranch does to help, uh, regain, uh, some of the need that people need, um, moving forward with their transition and that lack of something is missing. Um, what does the ranch do to provide that and help with veterans? Yeah, we really fill in some blanks, okay? Everybody, civilians out there think, oh, you know, they come out, they become a veteran, they've got this thing called the VA, and uh, they're just taken care of 110%. Well, another topic, another day, we know there's a whole lot of blanks and holes in there uh, that aren't what most people think they are. What the Veterans Ranch provides is the opportunity for, you know, veterans to start trusting again because you're working with an animal inherently born not to trust anyone. They're pack animals and prey animals, meaning they want to know two things. Are you strong enough to be my leader? And are you going to hurt me? Okay. And it's, it's kind of a, you know, a thing that we have learned from, from veterans. They want the same thing. Who's, who's the leader of the pack here? And let's, let's work together cohesively as a unit. What through these horses, what we allow or what they are allowed to do is start laying down heavy coats of burden that quite honestly, they didn't even realize they were still hanging on to. As, as men uh, and as service, you know, uh, uh, now veterans, 
you know, we lie to each other on a regular basis. You know, how you doing? Well, two answers. I'm good. I'm fine. Both are non-descriptive emotional answers because we take things, compartmentalize it, shove it down, place it in the back of our head, you know, and, and move on. What we've seen over the years, and I had a feeling this would be the case in the beginning, but it's proven itself out, is everybody has some kind of PTS. Okay, We're a big believer in dropping the D off the end of it. We don't believe it's a disorder. The government calls it a disorder to qualify veterans for benefits, um, you know, give you some cash and sometimes deny till you die. Here's another pill. You know, again, we could touch on that another time. But it allows it allows these great Americans and the families. Right. Because because, you know, if, if people don't think the family serves along with the active duty and now veteran, you know, they're kidding themselves. They wear a uniform. It's just a different brigade. But you don't always have to be, you know, a ranger, SEAL Team 6, a door kicker, tip of the spear to get some kind of PTS. Okay, I've, I've met some of those kind of individuals. They have shared some stories with me that just flat blow my mind. But then I've also met, you know, a guy that uh, spent nine months in the brig accused of something in the Air Force he didn't do. Eventually, all charges dropped and everything, you know, quote, fine and normal. Okay, but he, he dealt with the my government didn't believe me. Some guys in my unit thought I got away with something to a Marine who spent most of his time in Honolulu. And they were uh, some of his buddies were out on a training mission on an Osprey. And in the early days, we all know those Ospreys didn't always like to stay in the sky. And sadly, this day was one of them. And nobody on the nobody on the plane came home, you know. And so now he's dealing with the every every year. You know, remembering his three buddies. Why wasn't I number four? I should have been on that plane. So, you know, we're we're taking step by step from simply meeting you, finding out if there's anything above our pay grade that needs to be addressed, and then simply putting a grooming brush in your hand and go get your hands on that horse. You know, because they're they really can feel a gnat land on their back and they really do know everything about you 10 feet away. You know, they're, they're blood pumping mirrors. They're going to reflect back to you everything you're putting out to them. So we get you to start working a rhythmic motion of grooming that horse. One, it disengages your brain a little bit. You forget about the world. Leave your garbage at the door with the mission of there being less garbage to pick up when you leave. And everything we do is groundwork. We do a few trail rides throughout the year just for fun. But you, you have to work harder, give yourself to the process more, and learn how to work with that horse from the ground before you just slap a saddle on and say, giddy up, let's go. Right. Yeah. And do you think it uh, it's kind of in a sense, you, you know, a horse is, weighs so much and uh, you kind of got to be put yourself in a vulnerable state so that the horse trusts you and that, um, you can trust the horse and building that bond. Um, and if you're going through, uh, some stuff, it's, it starts a healing process for you. Um, what have you seen as far as when you meet veterans for the first time and then when they, you know, are introduced to the program you have going, um, to weeks, months, or years down the road, uh, the changed person uh, because of the program that you have in place to help them. Yeah, we, we've seen a little bit of everything. Some they're they're excited to dive right into the deep end of the pool. 
you know, because maybe they had some horse riding experience in their youth. But we, we let them know that it's quite honestly no different than boot camp. Doesn't matter if you could swim 10 miles in high school, you're going to learn to do it their way. You're going to learn to do it our way. Uh, and But they're excited. They want to learn and they, they want to get in there and deal with some stuff. And then there's the ones that they're a little more shy, a little more reserved. Some of it is the, the size to weight ratio, as you say, with a horse to a person. Uh, we had a young man, you know, what <laughs> we were out on a trail ride and uh, uh, the wife was coming. She was medically retired Air Force. We didn't know he was coming. He was active duty Air Force. Now, it wasn't an issue. We had a horse for him, but this guy was 5'5 five, five with boots on and we had to put him next to a Belgian. Okay, for everybody that doesn't know what a Belgian is, take a Budweiser Clydesdale, shrink it down a little bit, and there's a Belgian. Okay, uh, what's known as withers or their shoulders from hoof to shoulders. I'm 6'4". I'm looking eyeball to shoulders, okay? This dude's looking at ribs. So he was already shy, already didn't want to be there. We didn't know why, but we get him on the horse after he cursed his wife out saying he wants to go home, I'll back the story up a little bit. He was doing everything to try and get out of there. And, and she comes over and, you know, tells us what's going on. And, and I will never talk to a veteran like I've walked in them combat boots. Okay. My wife and I were cowboy boots, never wore combat boots. My dad's the veteran. My dad can share them feelings all day long. So I always bring other veterans with us. And I bring this Marine over and because, uh, you know, Marines just love to make fun of everybody and especially airmen. So we go over and he's like, the F's wrong with you, airmen. Huh? You're a wuss. You're going to go back out to Okinawa and you can't get up on a horse. What the F's wrong with you? Now, what he was trying to do there real quick is get his mindset into a uniform to uniform mentality and get his mind off the fear of that horse. Because we all know fear stands for false expectation appearing real. Okay, so couple minutes go by. We all start laughing. We're like, dude, seriously, what's wrong? Because 10 minutes ago, you were, quote, fine. We all know there's an acronym for fine. And uh, he goes, guys, I'm from the Bronx. Well, now we're busting a gut laughing because that's all he had to say, right? He's like, dogs running through the neighborhood. We're straight. You know, I didn't have a pet growing up. You want me to get on this beast? Long story short, two hours later, he ended up going on two trail rides, not one. He went on two of them. Him and his wife were a lot closer to each other. She was in tears because you know she would she couldn't pull out of him <clears throat> why he didn't want to do horse stuff. And so now they were closer. Now we had fun with him. He came back on the second trail ride. He's walking like he'd been out on a three day lope, you know, looking like walking like the old cowboys and the old westerns. And uh, we, we got a bag of frozen peas from the owner and chucked it to him like in the movie City Slickers. Yeah. And he's like, F you guys, but thanks. He knew why we did it. So, you know, you'll, you'll get that. You'll see the breakthroughs. Right. Yeah. And I think it's really good. I think it's important. And we you and I talked about this before, uh, multiple occasions of transition and um you know, not just uh, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, but also connecting with organizations, great organizations like yours, um, where, you know, you may not have served in the military, but you, you understand it to a certain extent. And you have that American pride to help veterans, help Americans, uh, veterans and their families 
and a hundred percent free of charge to be able to do so. Um, and you just got to go down to the ranch and, uh, you get out of it what you put into it. And I think it's, um, it's important that we revert back to, you know, our, our small life lessons that were taught from young age of, you know, put in what you want to put into it. You're going to get back, uh, what you put into it. And it's very important to be able to do that going through a transition, either starting a healing process, uh, doing the equine therapy. Um, and it's different than, you know, you're just going down and sitting, sitting with a shrink that, you know, tells you that, you know, this is what's wrong with you. Try doing this. Um, you know, your hands on, you know, there's people that they may get out of it, you know, uh, traditional like type of therapy sessions. Um, but when you're hands on and you, you, uh, lack, um, what you feel is that, that void when you get out of the military of, uh, the interpersonal skills of, communicating and being with your brothers 24 seven, you got to fill it somehow. And I feel like with equine therapy, you're not sitting down in a traditional setting of trying to get help. Um, but you can do it through working with horses. And like you said, those, those horses, they're strong. They, you know, are wild, you know, naturally wild animals. Um, and they can sometimes, sometimes be unpredictable, you're being vulnerable, they're being vulnerable, and you build that bond and connection with this such large animal, um, and you build that bond. And I think it's important um, that veterans, you know, try different things. If it's not working, you're repeating the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. That's the definition of insanity, right? So <clears throat> I think that along with, along with uh, you know, doing an overhaul of transition programs in the military for veterans. I also think that like we've talked about, you got to put your big boy and big girl pants on and take some responsibility, um, you know, and, and put yourself out there, be a little bit vulnerable um, and encourage other veterans as well to seek help or build bonds in a different way. Um, because if it's not working, then why are you continuing to do it? You know, yeah, we've all seen the T-shirts, you know, say it's OK to not be OK, kind of became somewhat of a catchphrase. But it's true. You know, our everybody's in this world has a Latin phrase. So I knew we had to come up with one a couple of years ago. Ours says, uh, non solum puniare unitum stamus. OK, in English, that means don't fight alone. United we stand. They teach men and women to fight together as a unit. When they're, you know, they got that brotherhood and sisterhood of uniform. Just because you hung up the uniform doesn't mean you now suffer in silence or you got to fight alone. You know, so get out there, ask for the help, encourage others to get the help. And, and you know, and it, it's so simple yet so complicated to do it through horses at the same time because you're right. As we say, you have to give yourself to the process. Because we, we had a, another quick example. We had a young man last year. You know, he came down, drove four hours to get to the event. And he, man, he just, he was trying to relax. And we all know us Star Wars freaks, you know, say Yoda says you can't try, only do. Uh, we were trying to tell him to relax and, you know, whatever. And if I tell you all to relax out there a dozen times, we all know the opposite is what usually happens. 
And on the last time we're trying to tell him to relax, his jaw was so freaking tight. He goes, I am relaxing. You know what I mean? That horse felt that, man. And pew, goes to the other side of the round pen. Now, long story short there, an hour and a half later, we had that young man walking shoulder to shoulder around the round pen with this horse and be able to turn around and go the other way. But the best part about it is we got him to stop in the center of the arena and that horse came up and touched him right in the chest with, with her nose. Okay. And this young man melted like he was two. And I'm here to tell you some of the toughest SOBs I saw in my life didn't have a, you know, everybody didn't have a dry eye. Okay. You know, I mean, it, man just melted because all of those emotions started coming out and watershed off moment through, we call them God's majestic animal. Because they just, man, they know everything. And and the, he, this horse just knew it was okay to come up and touch him. And uh, it was it was a great moment from then on. Really, really made a big breakthrough there. Yeah, and I think it's important that, uh, you know, people have to understand that you never know when um, your breakthrough is going to be. You never know when it's going to be that moment that makes you feel um, that the weight is lifted off. Um, you can almost relax uh, because you go from, um, you know, especially if people deployed and then they, you know, six months later, just get out or a year later, just get out. Um, you know, you're going from a high stress uh, situations uh, for deployments. And, you know, I talked about this before in other episodes of when you go through basic and AIT, even if you've never um, deployed or been in a war zone, uh, rightfully so the military changes your way of thinking, changes your brain, um, and how you operate. And, <clears throat> you know, I had a veteran on a couple weeks ago, he flew up from Texas and he put it, he put it, uh, perfectly. I think that, you know, once you serve, you're never truly a hundred percent a civilian anymore. Um, you know, and you're a veteran, your title changes, you know, once a soldier, always a soldier, once a Marine, always a Marine, um, you know, cause you have that sense and pride that, you know, if, um, it comes down to it, you're ready to fight for the country again. Uh, and that stays in the back of your mind. I think a lot of times, <clears throat> and I also talked to another veteran that, you know, he said it wasn't until he made a conscious effort to want to effectively transfer out of the military that he was able to heal and better himself. And I think it's a very important message, um, you know, that I, I use and I talked to him about coming on and he's, he's just not ready yet to, uh, you know, come on, but, you know, talking conversations with him, that small little bit to effectively, you know, want to consciously make an effort to effectively want to transfer out of the military, um, you're not in that, that mindset, your mindset's changing, your purpose is changing. And a lot of times you get out and your purpose is lost. You're trying to find your purpose again in life. And I, I know personally for me, um, you know, my purpose, I was lost for a few years of, you know, I got my purpose with my job, you know, answer my calls, go help people and everything with, with police work. But what's my purpose as Ryan Landry? You know, what's my purpose as, as a veteran now, um, as Ryan Landry, um, not just what my purpose is for my job. And I think that's, you know, a big thing of why this, this podcast and being a vessel for other veterans and organizations that help veterans really started this because, you know, it gives a, a voice 
to veterans. Uh, it also is the vessel for other veterans that haven't transferred yet to be able to hear what they're going through in other organizations, how they help veterans. And I think it will help with that transition and, you know, transitions never ending, right? You, everything in life, you're going to always have some type of transition, a move or whatever the case may be, you know, but I also think from the military, you know, six months, you're not going to, you know, or a year, you're not going to automatically just boom, be in the civilian world. And, uh, here I am as a veteran and say to everybody that you used to used to talk with before you served, um, and you're, you're feel like you've lost those connections. They can't connect with you. You can't connect with them the same. And you have to make that conscious effort to say, Hey, I'm a new and different person. Um, and I, I need to adapt to the person I am now, not the person I was before I served. And I think it's very important for people to know that it's okay now to be that different person and, uh, effectively make an effort to transfer psychologically, mentally out of the military and, you know, start that process of being a veteran and embracing it and, you know, being vulnerable at times, um, to talk with other veterans or be in the present. Like many other equine therapy places is a phenomenal, uh, venture and mission in which you guys, uh, have started and trying to expand and everything. Now tell me what, you know, you do have any like funny stories other than the peas and the bow legged and, uh, you know, guy from the Bronx, are there any like really stories that kind of stick out to you? Um, veteran shows up and it is, it just has everybody on the floor laughing, you know, when they're, when they're trying to deal with these horses. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's, that's kind of how, um, you know, the gentleman that we ended up spending an hour and a half with, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of what happened with him. You know, he was, he was cool. He was cutting up, he's cracking up. We got him with a, you know, with the brush and the, you know, he's grooming the horse, man. He's telling joke after joke. He was probably 29, 30 years old at the time. But boy, I tell you what, all of a sudden we got him in there by himself in that round pen with that horse. And it was a whole, you know, different side of the guy. And so, uh, you know, so you'll, you'll see a lot of stuff change uh, in things like that. But, you know, for the most part, when everybody comes down, uh, you know, for, out for an event, it is almost like a class reunion, right? They didn't serve together necessarily, but it was that brotherhood and sisterhood of uniform that I just, I just sit back and I love watching it, man. It's like people watching at the airport. You know, you hear the jokes, you hear the, you know, the camaraderie. Uh, going on the the inner rivalry, you know, jokes between branches and stuff. I mean, I hear the crayon jokes, chair force jokes. It, you know, I mean, I hear them all, and you know, but it's kind of like I stay out of them because it's like making fun of a dysfunctional family. You know, if you ain't in it, then all of a sudden they're all coming at you. <laughs> but I have that respect. But it is cool to really watch that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, and just see. Uh, you know, how they do interact with each other, because you're you're right on point with that, man. We do a lot of education to civilians, being that I am one, but I spend a lot of my time in the veteran world. So I learn a lot of things. You know, they have to adapt to veterans, just like the now veteran has to adapt to what we all call the real world or the normal world, when for the last four plus years, you've been told when to pee. 
right? They have to learn your lingo. They have to learn how you talk, why you talk that way, why you act the way you do. You know, for the ones that just expect you to snap your fingers and be that young, dumb 18-year-old kid that stepped off to the bus on some yellow boot prints, you can't. You can't be that person again. So we, we try and educate a lot of folks, uh, especially businesses. You know, they say they're veteran-friendly business. Most of them have no clue what that truly means. You know, that means that person you're possibly going to hire that you think is underqualified could learn your job that you're asking for in half the time most of your current employees did. They may have a degree in doing it, you know, because that's what they taught you all to do, improvise, overcome, adapt, and, and you know, do all that. So you know, we, we have a lot of fun. We try and keep it light because dealing with PTS, dealing with the daily veteran suicide rate, those are not fun conversations or conversations that need to be had, but they're not fun conversations. So we try and keep it light, have fun, always have some good barbecue or something, you know, at the events to, to eat at and uh, just just have a good time. It's, it's part of the healing process. You know, life is stressful enough. Let's have some good time playing with horses. All right. Do you, do you guys have any uh, events uh, for veterans in the uh, it's Lakeland, Florida, correct? Yeah, we're, we're in Lakeland. We got some events coming up soon. Can't, Down in Lakeland, Florida. Yeah, we can't announce them just yet. Um, we are we are close to announcing some new events coming out. Uh, so you keep an eye on our website, theveteransranch.org, and uh, you'll see those coming out soon. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of veterans down the area, and I networked with some of them um, and talked to them via phone and everything. And um you know, I, I think it's great what you guys are doing, and I appreciate you uh, coming on. And uh, we'll definitely have some more conversations. Um, but I definitely wanted everybody, especially people that live down in the area, to be able to uh, see the face behind the uh, behind the Veterans Ranch and uh, get to know you a little bit as well, Jr. And I appreciate you coming on. And I think everything that you guys are doing is phenomenal for the veteran community. And you guys, uh, you guys are rocking it for uh, for veterans and their families. Well, thank you, brother. We, we really appreciate being on here. We hope everybody uh, sees us, appreciates it. Reach out to us. You know, if you email, I'm generally the one responding. If you call, I'm the one answering the phone. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the one sitting here with my uh, boots up on the desk. You know, we're out here getting it done on the daily. So uh, reach out to us. Love to talk to you all and, and have you come out to the next event. Awesome. Now, I was in the Army, uh, but uh, I know Marines love their crayons. Do you guys uh, provide those if they need to uh, color any pictures or anything or, or just need a snack? We, we always have a small stash ready to go. We always have extra crayons, extra chairs. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what the jokes are for, for Army and Air Force or for Army and Navy but uh, or Coast Guard for that matter. But uh, we always try and have supplies ready on hand. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate you and everything that you're doing and being uh, the American that you are. Uh, this is Everlasting Veteran. This is J.R. Smith with Veterans Ranch on Everlasting Veteran. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, J.R. You bet. When the smoke clears, we're still standing. You stand our ground. You're listening to 